What is non-outrage comics? Thor, the Dark Come Lord. on, man. It really wasn't that bad. The answer is no. I'm not saying it's the best movie. I'm just saying it ain't the worst. Welcome, everyone, to another non-outrage comics. My name is John Garrett, also known as JG. And uh, before we even get started, I just want to apologize for my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm getting better. But let's do this anyway. So today... Just to lay it out, I'm going to be talking about Thor The Dark World, the second movie in the Thor franchise, and the one that is universally uh, regarded as the worst Thor movie, and many times regarded as the worst Marvel movie. So I'm here to tell you guys today that's not true. That ain't it. There's way worse movies, and for some backstory here, we always see these articles every time you go surfing around you'll see you know the marvel movies ranked from beginning to end i think there's 32 now and so i look at all these articles and and man i just don't agree with any of them and so many of those articles thor the dark world is at the very bottom come on man really was it that bad and so the answer is no. There's worse Marvel movies. And as a matter of fact, I'm a part of another podcast that's called The Weekend No Show. That's what I do with two friends of mine. And we did actually um, go through and do my top 10 Marvel movies and my worst 10 Marvel movies. And so Thor The Dark World appeared on none of those lists. So I'm not saying it's the best movie. I'm just saying it ain't the worst. And there's things to like about it. So I'm going to spoil this movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you should really dip out right now and then, you know, check that movie out. Come back to this one after you've seen it because I, I will be spoiling it. Just letting you guys know. Okay, so to get started on this one, I think a lot of people say this movie is the worst because they, they hear it. Oh, Thor, the Dark World is the worst one. And then they parrot it back. And really, they don't have any real reason for saying that. So one of the things you hear is that, oh, it was dry. It was boring. The, the threat was convoluted. What I didn't understand it. Thor was stiff and Shakespearean and unlikable. And I reject all those characterizations. So, okay, to break down the movie, this movie takes place after Avengers. So we had to hit the heights of Avengers. Everybody was riding high on that one. And then Thor The Dark World was the second movie to come out after Avengers. The first one being Iron Man 3, which is a movie that's way worse than Thor The Dark World. But I won't get into that. Check out my, my uh, worst Marvel movies on uh, my other show, The Weekend No Show. I go through that whole one. But anyway, so I remember seeing, seeing Iron Man. I thought it was bad. And then Thor was the next one, and I went to see that. And no, I wasn't, I wasn't ecstatic about Thor The Dark World. But part of it is that you just you came off that Avengers high. So anything was going to be disappointing. It really took until we got to Captain America The Winter Soldier until a truly great movie came out after Avengers. So the thing with Thor The Dark World... What is happening here? What is this? So Thor is in Asgard. He's still dealing with the fallouts of Loki's treachery 
from the first Thor movie and, and the Avengers. He's still fighting in all of the nine realms between you know, Asgard, Niflheim, Jotunheim, all these places that are connected. And Midgard is actually Earth. So we're one of the nine realms. So he's fighting to contain the outbreaks of violence that have happened because Loki broke the Bifrost Bridge, which connected everything. So I guess people felt like they could act up. And Asgardians had to put them back in their place. So then on Earth, Jane Foster, who was, of course, Thor's love interest, she is not dealing well with Thor being gone. She's starting to date again. We got that. But the main, the main crux of this, of this uh, movie, the threat, is the Dark Elves. These Dark Elves have returned. They're trying to take advantage of what's called the Convergence, where all of those nine realms that I was just talking about line up. They line up, and at which point the Dark Elves will be able to plunge the universe into darkness, essentially just a, uh, a, a, a state of entropy is what they want. They don't want any kind of brightness or lights or stars or heat or anything. So they want that all gone. So that's basically what we need to know. Thor has to stop this. Okay. And so I just want to break down some of the big things that I really like. There's like really big things and some small things that I liked. So the first thing, when people say there was no humor right away, I'm seeing Thor fighting alongside Sif. They are in um, Vanaheim, I believe, where, where Hogan of the, uh, the Warriors 3, Hogan is from Vanaheim. So they're in Vanaheim. They're, they're fighting these creatures who are trying to, I don't know, uh, kill people or just take over. So they're putting down this, this descent. And, you know, I like that Thor and Sif are really bantering back and forth. You know, they're, she's kind of his Asgardian love interest. And, you know, will they, won't they? Well, it never really seemed to happen. But so um, there comes a point when this gigantic rock creature comes out and looks like, you know, this is the big guy. He comes out to challenge Thor and Thor kind of has this cocky smile. He's like, Hey, I accept your surrender. And you know, nothing Shakespearean about it. Then the thing is, you know, still doesn't go away. So he destroys it with his hammer fairly easily. And then he kind of looks around again, cocky smile, anyone else. And it's not stiff or Shakespearean. And so I was I was laughing and everybody kind of backed up when this this creature was reduced to a pile of rubble. So uh, there was quite a lot of humor, much of which came from Thor in the movie. There, there was a lot from everyone else, a lot of, uh, you know, Jane Foster and, and her assistant Darcy. They, they were kind of played for a lot of humor, but a lot of it came from Thor, too. So I, I really don't see that it was that dry. Now, the second thing that I really liked were the Dark Elves themselves. Now, people kept saying that, oh, the, the villains were lackluster. I think the main villain, Malekith, he himself was lackluster. But the Dark Elves, if we hear at the very beginning, we hear, I believe it's Odin saying this, long before there was light, there was darkness. And from that darkness came the dark elves now i think what they're trying to say is these guys predated the universe these creatures existed in darkness before the big bang and 
when the Big Bang happened and there's this explosion of light, of heat, of motion, they don't like this. They are trying to contain the universe, put it back the way it was where everything was dark and still and there was no energy and anything. And how are they going to do that? Well, the convergence that I mentioned earlier, they only have a, a specific window of time to make this happen. So they have um, the, the MacGuffin of the uh, of the movie is the ether, which um, it's a I guess a, we know now it's an infinity stone. At the time, we didn't know it was an infinity stone, the reality stone. So it has a lot of power, but only during its convergence does it have enough power to completely plunge everything back into darkness. And so we we see that earlier they tried to do this, you know, millennia earlier, you know, way back in the day. And it just, um, it took the Asgardians to stop them. So another thing I liked about the Dark Elves was that we showed their, their ships, their technology. I really liked how Marvel like wanted to show that the Asgardians and other races like them, yeah, it looked like magic, but it was really, I mean, there was advanced technology and energy manipulation and such. It looked like magic, but it also looked like sci-fi spaceships. They were traversing the void of space in these in these ships. And I, I thought the design of the ships was really cool. I just thought it was actually pretty awesome. So I really liked how they... I don't know who said that. Was it Isaac Asimov? Was it Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke, you know, two giants of sci-fi where they said any sufficiently advanced technology will appear to be magic, you know, to, to those less versed in science. So I, I think it was probably Isaac Asimov. But um, that's what's going on here with these guys. And another thing that leads into the Asgardians themselves. Now, think about this. I don't know how old these Asgardians are. I believe Loki and Odin kind of put out 5,000 years. Each, each Asgardian might live for 5,000 years. That's not that long to 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 be fighting the Dark Elves shortly after the, the beginning of the universe. I'm not sure if maybe the Dark Elves existed before the universe and then the Big Bang happened. There would have been many, maybe like many, many, many millennia uh, eons even before the first convergence and maybe that's when the Dark Elves came back with this plan. But anyway, we see that it was Odin's father, Bor, who stepped up to stop these Dark Elves. They were going to essentially, you know, wipe out the universe. And Bor says, no, the Asgardians have to stop this. So the Asgardians putting themselves out there to save everyone. And this isn't the only time. If we look at the beginning of uh, the first Thor movie, once again, the Asgardians are stopping these frost giants from terrorizing mortals. They come down, and these guys are a force for good in the universe, the Asgardians. And they really put themselves out there, and and uh, it's like the rest of the universe probably couldn't have existed without the Asgardians doing the things that they did. So... It really did strike me that uh, I just don't know how old or how long the Asgardians themselves have been around. But it was interesting stuff. It really made me think. That's the kind of movie that I like. 
And so uh, the convergence itself is another another thing that I didn't like. You, you kind of see this trope in a lot of fantasy stories where it's like the stars must align in a certain way. But I like the convergence. I did like that all those nine realms, now they're going to line up and this is the time. And so the the walls between the those areas, between those realms were breaking down, which we saw is what Jane Foster was detecting in in uh, in trying to find Thor. She was seeing these readings of, of different realms bleeding through as the fabric of reality was really worn down. So, I mean, those were some of the big parts. Some of the little parts that I liked, there was a scene when Thor finally reunites with Jane and Jane and Darcy are arguing Darcy, her assistant, who of course is mostly for for comic relief, but her and Darcy are arguing and it's raining. And Darcy finally notices that none of the rain is hitting them. And the camera pulls back and we see that there is a dome around them where none of the rain is hitting them. And they look over and there is Thor. He's finally come back. And you know, he's keeping the rain off of this woman that he loves. So I, I was amused by that. And and even more so when Jane runs over to Thor and he keeps the dome following her where Darcy stands still. So the rain starts falling on her again. And she's just like, oh, typical. Um, So that was amusing. And there was also a great scene where Jane had been essentially infused with this, with this ether, with the reality stone. People who attempted to detain or otherwise, you know, assault her, they showed how it, it acted to defend itself. And so she blew all these cops away. I mean, not killed them, but just essentially blew them around. And so there was one of the cops who was like, hey, let me get that lady. She's under arrest or whatever. And Thor is like, hey, she needs help. And the cop says, she's dangerous. And then the camera kind of zooms in on Thor and he's like, so am I. I was like, yeah, you know, he saw what happened in New York. This is not a dude that was funny because this British cop, you're going to run up on Thor. No, dude, I, I don't think I would do that. Another thing I liked, Heimdall, of course, played by Idris Elba. That dude is cool in no matter what he's in. Everything he's in, he's just cool as hell, man. It, well, okay, not that. I didn't like that Fast and Furious spinoff movie he was in with The Rock and Jason Statham. That was not good. But everything else, that dude is cool, man. He just stands there. And he's got some uh, some cool reverb, auto-tune or something on his voice. I don't know what that is. Either way, I just like Heimdall. Then uh, when they get Jane Foster back to Asgard, and I kind of like how Odin is insulting her. He says, she does not belong here in Asgard any more than a goat belongs at a banquet table. And she tries to snap back on him like, who do you think you are? He just replies, I am Odin, king of Asgard, protector of the nine realms. So then she's like, oh, yeah, okay. And, you know, take that, Jane. Don't mess around with Odin. You think you are. So, and I, I will say, Darcy, played by Kat Dennings, the Darcy, she was, she's pretty funny. I did like her scenes. She's trying to find Jane. She's trying to reconnect with Eric Selvage, who we last saw in Avengers, who was taken over by Loki. He's not doing too well from his contact with uh with loki which kind of surprised me in that in that the avengers themselves shield wouldn't keep more track of him 
it seemed to me like S.H.I.E.L.D. would have locked him down for a while. He was kind of nutso. And I just don't know if S.H.I.E.L.D. would have let him run around like that. But either way, so Darcy, uh, she has her own intern. She's an intern and she has an intern. So that was kind of funny. However, in hindsight, I will say this much. After having seen WandaVision and seeing her part in WandaVision, I really, I don't really roll with Darcy anymore. In my opinion, you know, I didn't like WandaVision. I didn't like the way it went down. And Darcy, if 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 not in prison, she belongs in prison or at least up on charges for her part in letting Wanda get away. As we saw what happened in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the woman is a murderer on a epic scale. So anyway, you know, Darcy's kind of a, a hit or miss, you know, thing here. Also, another thing that I really liked, Frigga, who's Odin's wife, played by Renee Rousseau, you know, she's not just Odin's wife because she's pretty or something. She's she's actually a warrior. She's a, she's an Asgardian warrior. When Malekith attacks, she beats Malekith. You know, I like that she actually beats him. It's only when the cursed warrior shows up, who's you know this big, uh, awful creature that they made. He shows up, and only then does she get killed. But if 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 it was only Malekith, she would have won. So it was just too bad that she had to go down. And another thing I thought, if, if you look at it, Frigga's not really, she's not Thor or Loki's mother. Unfortunately, if I remember the the mythology correctly, Thor, Thor's mother is, is a goddess from another pantheon even. She's not even Asgardian. She's like an elemental goddess of the earth or something. That's why Thor is not the same as the other Asgardians, like like if Thor can lift a hundred tons, you know, a regular Asgardian might be able to put up 30 tons. You know, they're still strong, but they're not Thor strong. But anyway, so that's just neither here nor there. And when Frigga died, the Viking funeral was actually pretty awesome. So they they put her, you know, in the Viking boat and they send her off. She goes over this waterfall. And then her essence, you know, uh, Odin actually shoots an arrow to to burn her uh, her boat up, and you can kind of see her essence is drifting away, going up, presumably to Valhalla, and that's where the gods go when they die in battle. That's where the Asgardian gods go anyway when they die in battle. And there was a great scene after that where Heimdall, remember, he can see everything, and he turned to watch her ascend. And he was watching her essence, you know, these glowy orbs or whatever. And then it disappeared. And it was a close-up on his face. And I, I really got the feeling that he just couldn't see her anymore. And it, it looked like it really affected him. They closed up on Idris Elba's face. A man, the great actor. And it, it was really moving that he tried to watch her until she was gone. And uh, finally, last thing I liked, I really liked... Or actually, I'd say second last thing. I'm going to get into something else later. Second last thing I really liked. In the mid credit scene, we saw the Collector debut. The Collector, one of the elders of the universe, if you're uh, familiar with the Marvel comics. And uh, it's not how I would have played him, but I really did enjoy it. Just, you know, see, oh, God, it's the Collector. And I liked how this is just a common place for the Asgardians to show up here. They get around the universe, you know. And he's like, oh, God, Asgardians. He kind of gives them, you know, a little bit of props. Oh, you know, hey, Asgardians. After all they've done, I would think so. 
And when you think about it, um, as an elder of the universe, the elders of the universe were some of the very first races to become sentient after the Big Bang. And each one of them is from a different race, but they're the last of their original race. So he probably was right there when the Asgardians were going to war with the Dark Elves. He probably either saw or felt the repercussions of it. I'm sure he didn't take part because that's not what he does. And uh, so the elders, they have to focus on one thing. That's the thing that keeps them alive. He collects things. Another elder of the universe, the Grand Master, he wagers on things. That's how he stays alive. They have the gardener who, you know, obviously he gardens. They have the runner who runs, the champion who fights. There's other ones. But but I like seeing the collector and uh, some of the cool stuff that was in his collection. And that moment was actually at the very end when they tell us that thing was an infinity stone. Okay. I thought that was pretty great. So um, some things that went wrong in this movie. So Because again, I'm not saying this was the best movie ever. I'm just saying it ain't the worst, man. It ain't the worst. I'll tell you what the worst one is later. But so now some things that did go wrong with this movie, Malekith was just not given enough of a personality. He was dry. He was kind of dry and dull and just like, Hey, I'm a bad guy. And it was kind of a cookie cutter bad guy personality in the comics. Malekith, he was a real loud mouth and he was always shouting out stuff and, and talking crap all the time. And I just couldn't wait until he got his face punched in. But here, it was really kind of bland. So, secondly, uh, the cursed warriors. There's, there's a point in the movie where he, you know, he shows, uh, he takes his second in command. You're going to become one of these cursed warriors. They're big, they're powerful, they're tough. Um, so, curse in the comics, curse was just one guy who came after Thor and he just kept getting stronger and stronger. And he was, he was really hunting down Thor and it really, it became a really awesome storyline. Like when is this thing going to get to Thor? We didn't even know why it hated Thor so much. It was just coming after him. It was beating the crap out of people until it finally got to Thor. I mean, we found out what it was, but um, in the movie, it really wasn't played that well. It could have been something that maybe was stalking Thor the entire movie. I think that would have been better, but they kind of just threw it in there and, and it really didn't pay off. And another thing that didn't work out for me much is I didn't really care too much about the Loki stuff in this movie, which I didn't expect after Avengers. I was really looking forward to some more Loki, you know, mayhem. We didn't really get that. And the stuff that did happen with him, I just didn't... I didn't care that much. Really only at the end when we saw how he had usurped Odin. I mean, I was like, oh, shoot. Loki did something here that that finally is living up to his nature. And then it was over. So, I mean, I did like that. I remember being in the theater like, oh, crap. That ain't good. So, uh, another thing that's just weird to me is... This is one of those times when the stakes are like really, really, really high. I mean, this is the convergence of all of reality, all of reality, and everyone everywhere can be destroyed. If this isn't an Avengers level threat, I don't know what is, man. 
I don't know what is. I mean, Thanos was Avengers level. This is another Avengers level because everyone is going to die. Thanos just wanted to kill half the people. I mean, I really wish they could have thrown something in like Thor desperately trying to get in contact with Iron Man, with Captain America, with anybody. Can I please get in contact with anyone? But, but I can't. But he doesn't do that at all. Instead, he relies on on Jane and Darcy. And it, to me, I just, I don't see you doing that when the stakes are that high. So it's something that kind of takes me out of the story when I see that. Now, I want to get to what I thought was the best part. And this is just me being not only a comics geek, but kind of a science geek too. Toward the end, when Thor engages Malachi, they're fighting in London, but the convergence is happening. The, the walls between reality are breaking down. There's portals everywhere that you can't even really see. So there comes a point where Thor's hammer gets separated from him and him and Malekith, they fall through a portal and then that portal closes. And as we know, due to Odin's enchantment, Thor's hammer must always return to his hand. Well, I loved how the hammer, it decides itself. Once Thor fell, falls through the portal and that portal closed, it has no choice but to go through space and cross the entire universe to get back to him. You see the hammer turn, and it immediately launches itself into orbit. It goes out into space, and it's going, it's going to fly across space for who knows how long until it gets back to him. And then when Thor would reappear on Earth, the hammer turned right back around, and it's you know, like coming back to him. It just shoots down through the atmosphere, and that kept happening many times where he would go through these portals and then the hammer would turn around again. So I became really interested in the hammer's GPS system. I mean, it knows where Vanaheim and Muspelheim and Niflheim and Jotunheim or Jotunheim were. And, and it knows where they're located in space in relation to Midgard, which is Earth. So that's very cool. Anyway, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of, where I leave things here, I mean, the movie was underrated and, and straight up unfairly maligned, in my opinion. Yes, after Avengers, it was a downer. Both Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 were a bit of a letdown after Avengers. And as I, as I said, Iron Man 3 is way worse than Thor 2. I, I was really bored during Iron Man 3. And I a couple times, I really just wanted to walk out of the theater. I never had that during Thor The Dark World. So, I mean, there you have it, guys. I think that if you give it another watch, if you've seen it already, give it another watch. I think that you will see it differently. And again, no, it's not, not the top movie. I think it's squarely in the middle. There's, there's many that are worse. I already mentioned Iron Man 3, but I'm going to tell you the, the crappiest Marvel movie that has ever come out is Eternals. There. I let you have that one for free, guys. I let you have that one for free, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. This has been another non-outrage comics. Um, if you guys like this, please uh, give me a like and uh, subscribe. I appreciate it. Share it if you, if you uh, like this or leave me a comment if you agree or disagree. I mean, those of you who, who liked 
Thor The Dark World, I'd like to hear from you too. And the, the ones who didn't like it, I already know what everybody thought. But <laughs> if you liked it, let me know what you thought. But uh, for now, I'm going to break out and I'll catch you guys next time. 